On this episode of the Sacred Playgrounds podcast, we're talking camp and leadership. We've always felt that there was some connection between camp and leadership development, and today we're looking at some of the data that tells that story. We're also going to look at the four big experiences that seem to turn people into ministry leaders. Welcome to the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast, where we dive deeply into theology, research, and practical wisdom for camps, retreat centers, and other key ministry spaces. I'm your host, Jared Rendell, camp enthusiast and part of the Sacred Playgrounds team. This podcast features Dr. Jake Swartzen, a scholar and practitioner who's helping us all think more deeply about outdoor ministries. Wonder with us what God might have in store at your Sacred Playground. Hey, welcome to the playground, everyone. Jake, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Just uh, really enjoying this transition to the fall season. Always love the change of colors and the fall sports and the cooler weather. Just always a wonderful time of year. I really like, I mean, right, we're camp nerds a little bit, right? So we thrive some in the, in the summer when, you know, when it gets to be full season, of course. I have one thing that I like more about the rest of the year that is the clothes i love putting a flannel on <laughs> and even like we didn't have a, we didn't you have are totally a flannel guy i love I'm this. totally a flannel guy we um we did you know we did some campfires at camp but we have we have a little pit in our backyard and we didn't really do that much this summer and my wife's like that's perfect i i would rather have a bundled up fall campfire any day then uh, get hotter when it's already 85 degrees, even at exactly. It's like, okay, it's 90 degrees, but we have to roast s'mores, everybody. <laughs> I know your marshmallows are already melting, but we're gonna have a campfire anyway. <laughs> yeah, the fall, I'm all about it. And the other thing I love about the fall is it, it's a time to really think, you know, camp yeah. people can take a step back, see what happened this summer, look at the evaluations, but then also start dreaming about how can we make things better? What new things can we do? How can we connect with our people? Yeah. The, I mean, we know, right, that they, they're like, there's no camp off season. That's a myth, right? The, the off season, that's not a thing. But, but it changes. It's different. It does what these leaves do. And um, we, get to, we get to think a little bit differently. And like you said, dream a little bit. And that is a fun time for camp folks. And hopefully, uh, hopefully rest a bit, too, in a, in a different way than the rest of the summer. So we're talking a bit about camp and leadership. And so, I mean, this came up, right, because we, I mean, we know, we know our camp folks, I got to have a text message thread with some of my old camp staff friends. And I was thinking about those guys and they are pastors and a couple of them are like senior development associates and doing fundraising in colleges. And they are, they're teachers and uh, their moms and dads too. And so we're noticing, it seems like that when we have these experiences at camp, um, there's, there's something that happens. There's something where we um, gain some confidence, we gain some skills, we are in a space where we get the chance to develop things that we might not get to in, in any other way. So, so we're talking camp and leadership, right? Some, some of this potential for camp experiences, both as a camper and, and maybe especially as a staff member, to uh, dream and then get to practice in some ways the, the people we're going to be. Um, 
And that is neat about camp, right? We always, we always wonder about what's going to happen after camp. Everybody's like, great, we have these great camp experiences. And, um, and we learn and we're talking about what happens with campers after camp. And it seems like one of the things that happens is we uh, get to develop some leadership skills, right? Absolutely. You know, camp is an awesome place to develop those leadership skills. And we know anecdotally, right? I mean, you talk about your camp friends, and I think about my camp friends as well, and the, and the staff members that worked with me when I was a program director, and where they are now, and how many of them are pastors or church council presidents, um, and, and just are really right. involved, whether they're um, in, in professional ministry or they're a lay member. And so anecdotally, we, we know all this stuff. And so once again, we ask, well, how common is this really? And so effective camp, you know, the, the, the camper surveys that we've done have really helped us get a sense of, of, the, of the camper experience and, and how that develops leadership. And so one of the most consistent pieces of growth in the effective camp surveys is confidence in leadership ability. So I feel confident in my ability to be a leader. It starts at one point yeah. on the first day of camp. It always grows. Every single camp that we've studied, we've studied more than three dozen camps. Every single one of them has had significant growth in that particular one. And that's the only variable in the entire survey where every camp has shown growth. So wow. that's significant in itself. And then, of course, we do the three-month follow-up, two- to three-month follow-up. And that is one that is, again, consistently still high in the, in the months following camp. And that's pretty significant. So it's not something that just like, oh, I feel confident as a leader, and then it drops off again. That stays at the, the post-camp levels, which is really exciting. And so we see that with the campers. And again, they're only there for five, six days, maybe seven days, depending on the camp. Right. Um, what about these summer staff members who are there for eight, 10, 12 weeks at a time? What is the camp experience doing for them in terms of their leadership development? And that's something that we were really interested in looking at. Of course, we wanted to start with the camper experience. That's kind of the core of the camp experience. But so many people have been asking us, what about the summer staff experience? And it's really exciting that we finally get to kind of turn that corner and look at summer staff. So if you're listening right now and, and you got the chance to be on summer staff, think about that. Reflect on that for a second as you're, as you're listening. What difference do you think that made? Uh, what did those um, summer staff experiences, camper experiences too, what difference did those make um, in where you are now, in the, in the role, in the vocation that you've got right now? And then think about those other people too. Think about those, um, those friends and fellow uh, camp folks. Uh, what are they doing right now? What, um, in what ways did they, did they get developed through those, through those experiences? like you said, Jake, that was an interesting thing to start the study. So the team did. The team was, was curious about that, right? And that's where the Camp and Church Leadership Project came from. Right? So, we're, got it. so we're partway through that project. Um, there have been a couple significant parts. So um, can, you, can you tell us, give us the overview first. Tell us about this project, um, a, you know, a little bit of where it came from you've covered. Um, we know what made this so interesting and, and give us an overview of the project. Yeah. So this project is focused specifically on one church group of camps. And so that's the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And the reason is because that's where the funding came from. So we always like these grant-funded projects because the camps don't have to like buy into an evaluation process. We can design a study when we have these grant-funded projects. And so the grant came from the, from the ELCA, uh, Youth and Young Adult Leadership, and they, uh, they funded this project so that we could look specifically 
at the impacts of working on summer camp staff um, towards leadership development in the church. And so we're looking at this from a lay ministry perspective, but also a rostered ministry perspective. So the, the pastors and the deacons, how many of them worked at camp? We're, we're curious about all these different things. But what we started with was exactly what you're talking about. You know, we started with stories. And so we approached uh, uh, several camps here in Wisconsin. We started in Wisconsin and the different synods. And we had the synod offices uh, recommend different people that had worked at camps in the past um, that were now active in church in some way. And we did half pastors and half lay leaders. And we found out uh, how their summer staff experience fit in with their leadership development. And what were the key moments in those summer staff experiences that led them in new directions in their life? And so for some of them, it was a really life-changing experience. And for others, it was sort of like, it wasn't exactly life-changing, but it sort of fit in with uh, the other things that were going on in their lives. And so um, it really did matter uh, who they were and where they came from. So they started out as this, you know, kind of unique person uh, who, who comes into the, the camp experience. So you got this particular particular life story that is joined into this community of common purpose, uh, this summer staff community that bonds really closely, um, and they have this, these shared goals of sharing faith with these young people, with keeping them safe, with, with leading them and developing them in their social skills, in their self-confidence, and in their faith. And the Holy Spirit is at work in all of this, and as mm -hmm. they come through this experience, and participate in experiential leadership in the camp environment, they have all these different outcomes that we were able to, to list. Things like lasting relationships. Uh, so some of them have been friends for 40 years. You know, we looked at people that have been on staff recently and some that have been on, that were on staff decades ago. So they have these relationships that last for decades. They come out with new skills. They come out with stronger faith. They come out with a, a new sense of vocation and calling in a lot of cases, mm -hmm. and then a lot of times an ongoing connection uh, to the camp itself and to camping ministry. And so, so these are some of the, the, the outcomes that we sort of saw in this kind of first phase of the project. And we took these findings, and then we went into this survey research. And the way that we started the survey research is we looked at the entire roster of ELCA ministers. And so that's all the pastors and deacons in the ELCA. And there are about 14,000 of them. And so we were able to uh, get a hold of the, 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 the churchwide office, and they sent out this survey to all of the rostered ministers. And so it was a great partnership in that way. We got more than 3,000 responses. And so we really got a very strong data set. We heard from uh, ministers across the country um, in all of the 65 synods of the ELCA. And um, it was pretty, pretty well distributed. Uh, we, had a, we had a great breakdown in terms of, of gender, um, in terms of age, um, those who were retired and those that were new clergy. And so it was a really good demographic mix of the folks that was really representative of mm -hmm. the entire ELCA roster. So um, really excited about the data set that we were able to get. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of, of good info. And It'll be really interesting to see as the project continues to pan out. Um, what I what are the what are the main things? I'm curious if anything so far, right? Because we've got some of the data right now, and um, we'll tell everybody in a minute about about how they can take in some of that. And um, there's a there's a piece you can download about those rostered leaders in particular. I'm curious, Jake. Though, is there anything that was was surprising so far? Anything that was particularly surprising or interesting 
in the data that the team's been able to crunch so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, I mean, it, it, I will, I don't want to say it blew our mind, um, but it, but it really did lead us in new directions to, in our understanding of kind of how camp fits into this big puzzle uh, of ministry spaces. Uh, first of all, it was no surprise to us that camp really shone that, that, that it, it really is this incredibly um, important spot uh, for leadership development and faith formation among ELCA clergy members. It was basically the, the number one um, uh, space for leadership development mm. of all the ministry spaces that we looked at. We looked yeah. at a lot of different ones. And so we wanted to kind of put it into context. We didn't ask just about camp. We asked about all these other things, all these other experiences that they've had, uh, whether they attended church as a kid, whether they went to Sunday school, VBS, whether they went to the, the big national youth gathering that the ELCA mm -hmm. does, mission trips campus ministry, like all these different things. We asked about all these things and camp really rose to the top as this incredibly moving space for leadership development. And so just off the top, uh, you know, look, just looking at how many people experienced camp, about two thirds of the rostered ministers had been a camper at a, an overnight camp, a Christian overnight camp. And so that's a big number that, yeah. that went to camp. And then it was almost half. It was 44% that worked on summer camp staff. You think about a number like that, and that's a ton of rostered ministers that worked on summer camp staff. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at just these two groups, just the people that had these camp experiences, 91% of them said that camp had a significant impact on their life. 80% said they learned a new skill that they still use today in their ministry. And 20%, one in five, met their spouse at camp. <laughs> you always laugh at this you wonder how many how many is it really you know like i met my spouse at camp and it's a ton of people uh -huh. um that, that meet their spouse at camp right and so we got married um, at camp you got married at we camp too. There, yeah, but we exactly. got married at camp that's fantastic that's probably the most you know maybe the most common camp joke but everybody came up with it themselves where so-and-so bible camp gets replaced with so-and-so bridal camp <laughs> for that maybe way too much that does, I mean, it's a thing, right? I mean, that's a, people, that's a big percentage. You, you, it is a big percentage. You know, you, you develop these, these, these relationships in the camp environment. And uh, you've obviously got similar interests when you're working at camp together. Um, it's just a, kind of that natural, that natural place. Jokes aside, right? When, because when you, uh, when you, when you put all that together, what it tells you is that these, that these camp experiences have significant impact on like the, some of the most important parts of your life, your relationships and your, in your calling, your vocation. You got it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, of those that worked on summer camp staff, three quarters of them said that the experience of working on summer camp staff was very or extremely important in developing their call to rostered ministry. That's a huge percentage that said that more yes. than any other ministry space that we measured. That's incredible. So it was, it was cool to see that. And it was, you know, confirming of some of those things that we found in sort of phase one of the study when we were doing those interviews. Um, but one of the things that really surprised us was some of these other ministry spaces and how they fit in as well. And so, you know, we knew that camp didn't stand on its own. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not really sure what I want to do with my life. And then I go to camp and suddenly I'm a Christian and I'm going to become a pastor. Um, there are lots of things that lead up to this. There are uh, mentors in people's lives. There are other key experiences. 
And so usually camp was not sort of this standalone experience. Now, for some people it was, sure. but for the majority of people, it fit in with this larger ecology of faith formation. And it's the same sort of thing that we talk about with the campus. I mean, there's this, there's this sort of ecology of faith formation. Camp fits in and helps um, embed them further into congregational ministry, into youth ministry, um, uh, leads them to become more interested in uh, Christian community groups and small groups, um, all these other things that build faith. The same can be said for camp in terms of working on summer staff. And so camp was essentially one of what we, what we sort of are calling the big four, uh, these ministry spaces that um, were all incredibly influential in uh, developing these rostered ministers. And so the big four are Sunday school, which I think was the biggest surprise, camp, of course, as we said, um, this national youth gathering that the ELCA does every three years, and campus ministry. And so in some ways, it's like, okay, these ministry spaces make sense. I think the gathering was a bit of a surprise to us. Um, a lot of times there's this healthy, or maybe unhealthy rivalry between camps and the gathering, um, because the gathering happens in the summer. And so every three years, the, the camper numbers tend to dip uh, because so many kids go to this gathering. I mean, it's 30 or 40,000 high schoolers go to this national youth gathering every three years in the ELCA. So that's a lot of kids that, that are going to that, but it's clear that they feed into one another. And so the, the kids that go to camp are more likely to go to the gathering. The kids that go to the gathering are more likely to go to camp and work at camp. And so they're mutually reinforcing. Sure. It's, it's not this rivalry that we sometimes think of. Um, they're indispensable to one another. And I think that is a big surprise when you think of something like that. And so maybe mm -hmm. it's the wrong perspective to think of, oh, every three years, the gathering takes kids away from camp. It might be almost the opposite in that on the other two years, there are more kids going to camp because of the gathering. Mm -hmm. So it builds up these other ministries and, and the congregational ministries as well. So leading kids into these other ministries. And so it was really interesting. I thought uh, Sunday school was one that just, it, I, I had to do the numbers like three, four different ways and try to figure out what is going on with Sunday school here. Because, you know, you might expect something like youth group to, to really shine or, or mission trips or something like that. And those didn't really, uh, you know, break into what we would call the big four. Uh, but Sunday school was almost this ubiquitous experience. So many of the rostered ministers had experiences as young people in the church and saw those experiences as incredibly influential. And so they would deem their Sunday school experiences as more important, you know, as a whole, again, this is 3,000 that we're talking about, as a whole, those experiences as more important to them and their faith and their call to ministry than something like confirmation, youth group, mission trips, things like that. Wow. And so... I said, you know, the, the 75, the, the about three quarters of those who worked on summer camp staff said it was very or, or extremely important to their call to ministry. That was only of those 44% that worked at camp because there were 90 something percent that attended Sunday school monthly or more when they were kids. There were actually more as a, as a total number that said that Sunday school was very or extremely important to their call to ministry than even said working at camp. Mm. 
because of the because of the the, the sheer numbers of those that that had these experiences. And so there's there's so much talk about you know changing Sunday school, do it a different way, or stop doing it all together. Is it really that important? Yes, it is. Apparently. This is a, this is a ministry that we have to invest in. Children's ministry is incredibly important, incredibly important, <laughs> and it feeds into ministries like camp. You know, it's one yeah. of the primary recruiting grounds uh, for kids to go to camp. You know, we talked uh, in in a in a different episode about the Camp's Congregation Project about traveling day camp right and about its connection to vacation bible school ministries and how those sorts of ministries bring people into the church engage them in a ministry like a sunday school or other children's ministries that the church might have um, and also bring them into the camp experience and so all these things are mutually reinforcing um, we need all of them um, and so when we talk about the big four however we, we might say these are the ones that are really the core. Mm-hmm. They're indispensable. These are the ones that we, we need to invest in um, and we need to speak well of. We need to encourage young people to participate in these things. And um, unfortunately, when we look at those four, Sunday school, camp, uh, the National Youth Gathering, or, or these, these big youth conventions, campus ministry, a lot of times these are the ministries that um, folks are divesting from. And saying, oh, I don't know if we can afford that because we're, we're doing these other things. Well, if you can't afford that, then the entire church is going to suffer. So here's what's interesting about all that to me. That, that, those, that those big four, a, a lot of them, right? You think campus ministry, you think about a lot of times when they're going to gatherings like that. Um, like, like the big youth gathering. And then that especially those early, those early things match incredibly developmental times in life, right? There's all this research and, and we've got, you know, around the country and the world, they're investing into early childhood education, like crazy, right? There's, the, you know, things have come out even in the past few years and, and a lot of states are doing, um, you know, state supported preschool programs now, right? They're building that into schools and, and covering the cost. So that's interesting that these, that uh, that matches right then when we're, when we're developing uh, early in life, these early times where where there's so much physical and and of course you know development for for the rest of our lives are going on, and then to this time where we're transitioning from adolescence to adulthood, and these, so these two really important times where these ministries can meet, right? And so they match, they they come alongside these. That's interesting from you know brain science and um, you know and and uh, child and and young adult development perspectives that these these ministries match that. Absolutely. And I, I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's really cool to see these things come, come to the, come to the forefront of a study like this, just to give a sense, I know we have to take a break, but just to give a sense of the significance of these four, we talk about, you know, call to ministry and some people have sort of these winding paths to their call to ministry. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, some don't get ordained until they're in their forties or fifties. And that's right. great. You know, they've had this, this other path. Um, but some are, are ordained much younger. And so, if we look at just something like what, how, how old they are when they were ordained and these, the relation with, to these four ministries, if they did any one of these things, if they attended camp multiple times, if they served on summer camp staff at least once, if they attended an ELCA college or attended campus ministry monthly or more, or they attended the National Youth Gathering, if they did any one of those, the median age when they were rostered was 29 years old. Mm. Now, if they did none of them, 
the median age they were rostered was 41. Wow. You think of the difference between those two numbers. Just one of those big four. 29 years old. None of them, 41. Incredibly significant ministries. Yeah, it is. That's really interesting. Um, right. So, so flow circuit to parents before the break here, right? It, these aren't either ors. Like you said, it's not, you know, it's not this, this competition thing. The, the things that, the good things that can happen in our lives, in the lives of our, of our kids, when, um, when we are giving them the opportunity to do, yeah, maybe one. What about two? Or what if they get a chance to do all three of those? What if they get a chance to do all four of those? Um, Almost nobody did one. Yeah. You know, when yeah. they did one, they were incredibly likely to do two, three, do the or four of them. Yeah, sure, sure. So close circuit to parents, if if you know, set your kids on a good path. Uh, heads up, these big four have some some interesting things. So, and, and leaders come out of this, like you're saying. So we're going to come back to the project, talk about what's next for the Camp and Church Leadership Project. Um, and see what kind of next steps everybody can take. Do you like what you're hearing? Go deeper into the research and best practices of Christian camping with Sacred Playgrounds, the book. This brand new resource is Jake's most comprehensive contribution to the field of outdoor ministry. It is loaded with stories and research from Christian camps across the country and around the world. It traces the history and theology of outdoor ministry, focusing on the five fundamental characteristics of Christian summer camp. This is the premier resource for Christian camp professionals, church leaders, camper parents, and all those passionate about camping ministry. Order Sacred Playgrounds wherever you get your books. Welcome back, everybody. Jake, we're through phase one of the project, correct? Phase one and two. So the the clergy survey was phase two. Yep. That's right. That's right. So tell us what's next. The Camp Church Leadership Project. We have some findings right now, crunching data right now. What's ahead for this project? Yeah. So this phase two, this clergy survey is done. We've got the findings on the website. They're ready to go. We're rolling them out in in several different ways. Uh, What's happening right now with the data gathering is a survey of summer camp staff. So the current cohort of summer camp staff have taken surveys at the very beginning of the summer and then again at the end of the summer. And so they've all they've all finished doing these surveys and I am now receiving the the last of the paper surveys. And so I'm just starting to input the data and then we'll crunch the numbers and see what were the impacts on this current cohort of summer camp staff. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to see what that might be and how we can measure those things. And so it's kind of the before and after, sort of like we did in the Effective Change sure. Project. All right. So maybe this is a little inside baseball, but uh, let's see if uh, let let's see if you have honed your projection skills, your guessing skills. If you could guess a little on what we're going to find, what do you what are your initial expectations? What do you think think might happen out of these summer staff surveys? Well. First of all, I think the leadership piece is going to be um, far and away the biggest growth. Um, I think we're going to see that for sure um, across the different camps. So over 50 camps participated um, in this project. We, we have over 1,000 summer camp staff that participated. 
And so that's really exciting. Wow. I think what we're going to see um, is, and what I'm hoping that we'll see, is the difference in experience and how that affects the outcomes and the impacts. Mm -hmm. And so how burnt out are these staff at the end of the summer? How much support did they feel like they received during the summer um, in, in, in various ways from their, from their coworkers, from their supervisors? Um, how was the experience? And then how, how can we then look at data like that and improve the summer camp experience so that we're improving the outcomes for these summer camp staff? And because we're improving the outcomes for the summer camp staff, because we're improving the experience, we are also improving the experience for the summer campers. Yeah. Because the summer camp uh, community is a reflection of the summer staff community. Mm. So I'm, I'm really excited about looking at this. Um, I am a little apprehensive because of the COVID uh, summer that we just had. Sure. Um, and that a lot of camps were short-staffed. Um, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wondering how that affected mental health this summer, how that right. affected burnout, things like that. Yeah. We've and talked so, about that some in the other episode about how we know, yeah, that, we know it did some, right. We know, we know it affected some, we heard from, we heard from directors, we heard from, you know, some staff themselves. Uh, so it will be really interesting and maybe even more significant if we do see some of what you expect to say that even though there's some curveballs, uh, we still, you know, had these, these summer staff come out and say, I grew. And, I expect that. I yeah. expect that. And, and it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that plays out. And Can't so, wait. I mean, the ultimate goal is to, to move into a phase of uh, summer staff training where we can, we can really um, offer some input on how we can, we can work through summer staff training to develop these young leaders and prepare them for their role in summer camp, but also um, put them on the trajectory where they're really thinking about leadership in the church whether that be mm -hmm. rostered leadership or that is lay leadership. You know, there's so many different ways to serve. It's not just you have to become a pastor, you know, yeah. or a youth minister. So many ways to serve God and serve the church. Yeah, that makes sense. So if they are listening and they are uh, a camp director, a church leader, maybe a parent listening, and what are some of the things they can do right now to take a look at what we've got so far, you know, uh, maybe use and apply and, and mess with that a little in their own context. What are some, what are some takeaways that they could do right now? Yeah, I think the easy thing, if they want to, if they just want to get a quick overview is to look at that quick fact sheet, it's right on the, right on the website, right on the campus congregation, or I'm sorry, the, the campus church leadership project website. Yeah. And uh, they can check that out and look at some of the numbers. There's also a full report, so they can look at that. Um, but if they're, if they're really interested in like, how do I apply this? Looking at those big four ministries, in their congregational context and saying, how can we improve these ministries? How can we emphasize these things? How are we supporting our local campus ministry, for example? How are we uh, really developing and, and putting time and effort into this Sunday school program? I know that Sunday school is hard. You know, so many of our congregations struggle. They struggle to whatever, find teachers. They struggle with sure. curriculum. They struggle to develop a program. And, 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 and there, it always seems like you're reinventing it. That's the way we have to do it sometimes. It's worth it. It's so worth it to be doing that. How are you connecting to your local camp? Um, are, you, um, are you in contact with the director? Are you in contact with the staff? Um, are you offering input um, and supporting them in whatever ways you can? Um, those partnerships are so important. And so those are some of the practical things we can do. Um, one of the things that we really found in the, 
the the clergy survey is that um you know the, the elca ministers by and large are are supporters of camp but not all of them are some of them are detractors you know some of them we might call sure. camp skeptics um and so it's a it's a it's a fairly low percentage but it's significant about 18 percent are what we would mm. call camp skeptics and so they're, they're probably not going to show up at camp they they might not speak well of camp they're, they're they're pretty skeptical about the impacts that that camp can bring um maybe they had a personally bad experience at camp sure um or they've heard of uh, somebody with a bad experience but um you know for the most part uh these these clergy members in the in the in the lutheran church are camp enthusiasts or at least accommodators you know people that that that, that are supportive of camp um and yeah. the idea of camp and so connecting with those folks identifying who they are um and, and really trying to connect with them if you're a, if you're a camp director or camp leader um engage them in the ministries and try to uh get their input and and, and help them feel like they're a part of the family um and and they and they have some some important input in in your programming um invite them to staff training um i think that's a big piece uh as you're planning a staff training session um really look at um and understand how you are developing these young people for leadership. Bring in somebody that can talk about rostered ministry. Have you considered it? You know, bring in somebody, a, a bishop, bishop would love to come, I'm sure, or, or a local pastor that can talk about their trajectory, their call to ministry, and plant that seed in these young people's minds because we need strong pastors in the church. And in that same conversation, it can be, you know, you don't have to become a pastor to be a strong leader in the sure. church. We need you engaged in congregational ministry. Here are some of the amazing things that congregational ministries do. You know, a lot of these young adults, they're, they're, they get skeptical about congregational ministry. Oh, is this really for me? Do I really need to be part of a congregation? Even though most of them, their faith was formed in the congregational setting. They're still like, yeah, maybe, but congregational ministry is not for me. And really emphasizing that this is important. You know, developing these relationships across the generations is incredibly important. Um, and, and so really planting those seeds in, in the young people's minds and engaging them in congregational ministries in as many ways as you can so that they um, develop an understanding of the value of these ministries. There's your next steps, everybody. Go download that quick fact sheet. It's really interesting. It's packed with data. There's one. Two, stay tuned. Um, there's there's more to find from this project, and uh, we will roll it out when uh, these numbers come in and they get crunched. Uh, and then would you let us know what intersections you find in your own leadership, in your own development, and uh, your time at camp? We'd love to hear those stories, whether uh, you find us out in, a, in social media spaces like Instagram or Facebook, uh, or send us an email, um, which you can find all that info at sacredplaygrounds.com. The particular site for this, so if you go to sacredplaygrounds.com, add slash CCLP, that's where you'll find everything on this project. We'll post that out there in a few different spots, and we will see you next time at the playground. Thanks for listening to the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. This episode was produced by me, Jared Rendell, and featured Dr. Jake Sorensen, lead researcher and founder at Sacred Playgrounds, LLC. Our theme music was written and performed by Taylor Wilson. You can find his original songs wherever you get your music. Learn more and connect with the Sacred Playgrounds team at sacredplaygrounds.com.